Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hi guys, Sensei James Leonelli here to talk to you about another one of our sponsors, LMNT, an electrolyte drink mix. Each one of these little packets gives you exactly what you need to keep you as hydrated as all us athletes like to be. If you're like me, you work out a lot, and when you work out a lot, you also sweat a lot. Now, when we sweat, we don't lose just water, of course. We also sweat out salt. We sweat out electrolytes. So each one of these packets contains 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, giving you everything that you need in order to maintain optimal hydration and nothing that you don't. So to go online, place an order for your sample pack, and to get yourself a bonus free sample pack, you're going to go to this website right here, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. You're going to see this down in the video below, but I'll say it one more time for you, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. Again, it's a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing that you don't. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. As per usual, I am joined by my furry co-host Slade. He's laying down over there. Uh, so we can give you guys this week's food for thought. You'll notice as per usual, I'm wearing a little more of the Everyday We Train line. I'm from Tiger. Again, find them on tiger.com. 
you can see the whole collection there, plus much, much more in terms of apparel. Uh, make sure if you guys are a Tiger Shulman student this time of year, we have our school apparel available. We're coming up on the deadline for that, so don't miss out. But nonetheless, I want to get into today's mindset and get our show rolling as we have the opportunity here. So I had heard this quote a while back, and it really it spoke to me, as many of the quotes that I talk about do. But what's funny is now watching you know how sometimes the things that happen in life and the things that happen around you and the people that you interact with will make you remember a quote that that spoke to you or make you hear it in your mind a little bit and you know it's kind of funny how that happens how life has the way of kind of reminding you of what you need to hear a little sometimes and the message that you need to give to those other people that need to hear it as well so here's the crux of this whole story so uh, when it comes to my nephew, right? Kai has been on the show before, along with his sister Riley. Uh, Kai, he's, they're both very good kids, and they're both smart kids and bright kids and athletic kids, and they, they pick things up fairly quickly, fairly quickly, um, you know, athletically a little more than, than, um, than when it comes to, like, school-type learning, but that's who they are as people. And it's funny, Kai kind of has a rough go of it, not because of who he is, but more because of who his sister is. Right. Riley is that kid who looks at a physical skill and she figures it out. Right? She taught herself how to do cartwheels and she does them really, really well. Now she's teaching herself how to do handstands and tumbling. She taught herself how to do a back bridge, just falling straight back into it. She taught all herself. You know, no one else taught her. And she's so quick with her coordination like that. And she'll, you know, she'll do a split just for fun and just you know, slide into a split that is basically to the ground. You know, with a little bit of work, she'll be in a very full split. Um, she's super flexible. She's super strong. You know, she does really good push-ups, especially when you consider she's six. I mean, Kai does good push-ups too, but it's not quite as impressive when you're 11 as opposed to when you're six. So as a kid who is fairly athletic, who picks things up fairly quickly, who is, you know, has fair athletic gifts, he is stuck next to this girl who has all these athletic gifts. And I know how frustrating that can be. In my family, I was the person with the least athletic talent, though my sister and I could debate that one. She might say she had less than me, but nonetheless, uh, we, all, we both paled in comparison to my brother. My brother had the most physical coordination. He had the most athletic skill out of the three of us, by far. And nonetheless, um, I can relate to Kai's struggles. I can relate to being the you know older sibling because in my case, I'm much older than my brother, much more than he is, uh, than his sister. But I, I can relate to the idea of, you know, everybody else watching, your, in his case, your sister, in my case, your brother, do things that were super athletic. Meanwhile, I was struggling to be moderately athletic. <laughs> Kai, more athletic than I was at his age. But nonetheless, he's kind of stuck in that place a little bit, just in life in general. And he's got his ways that he excels, by all means, but... Obviously, he's doing martial arts in my school quite a bit, so that it does become apparent. And one of the places it becomes most apparent is flexibility. You know, Riley, because she is very, very flexible naturally, she's the kind of kid who will go home and stretch just because it's fun for her, just because she'll find, oh, oh I, that looks cool, I can do it. And she'll try to find a way to do that stretch, and she'll work on it a little bit, and she'll have it really, really quick. Where... Kai is not that kid. And one of the things he's been working on, one of the goals that we gave him was to be able to touch his toes because he's not currently able to. 
is very uh, inflexible in that manner. So nonetheless, um, when it comes when it came to that, I've been really trying to, you know, I don't want to say, we'll, we'll say nudge him, trying to nudge him in the right direction and make sure that he's doing the right thing with his stretching, making sure that he's working on it because Kai is a normal kid. He is a normal human being. What do most human beings choose to spend their time doing? That which they enjoy, that which they are good at. What do they tend to spend the least amount of their time doing? That which they are not very good at. Right? So Kai knows he has, to, he has to work on the stretch in order to get it. He's not putting in as much work as he could. Now, that's not saying he's not practicing at all, but I'm trying to encourage him to practice at the appropriate amount to be able to achieve this goal in a reasonable amount of time. But nonetheless, so Kai is working on his goal and it's begrudging. Like in, he was in class yesterday and while he's stretching, I can see he's just kind of like, like I can see like that, that kind of frustrated look on his face as he's just kind of watching the other kids in class who might be more flexible than him and they have it a little more naturally. And I could see it's getting to him just a little bit. Um, but I also see what's happening in terms of his effort. It's not as though he's meeting the level of his, of his problem with a, a moderate, with a similar amount of effort. It's not like, okay, I'm having this much difficulty, so I'm putting in the exact same amount of effort. No, it wasn't really like that at all. It was different, as a matter of fact, where more accurately, he was putting in far less effort than it was really necessary to even get better that day, let alone get closer to his goal. So at the end of class, I was talking to the whole class, and I was talking about what the best kids in my school do. And I kind of had a game plan as to what I was going to talk about and how I was going to approach self-discipline for the kids that week. And it's funny how, you know, you have, I go in with a plan, but it doesn't mean I don't adapt the plan as I see things that I think will work better. And this was a case where I saw things that I thought were going to work better. So not only was I explaining the way that those best kids see corrections, and we'll get to that in due time, but also their approach to the things they're not good at. So let's quickly touch on, on the idea of how they approach corrections. Now, the kids in my school know that I don't give you more than like three or four corrections a class because I want to make sure that you retain everything that I tell you so that we don't overcorrect you and you go home knowing what we corrected you on, not walking out like, what did I learn today? Or better yet, your parents asking you, so what'd you work on today? And having the kids be like, I don't know. Instead, I want you to know very clearly what it is that you worked on, and I want to know that you are able to identify it and thereby work on it. Nonetheless, moving forward. Uh, we, so I was already talked to the kids about that and how the kids know there's only three or four corrections coming their way. So the best kids, they don't simply take in their own corrections and tune out all the rest. They listen to the corrections that are made throughout the class to everybody. And they take those corrections and they utilize them to get themselves better and better and better. They're, they, they borrow other people's corrections to make sure that they're good at those parts of the skill as well. Because it's the fastest way to accelerate your learning. Is once you can handle more corrections, taking on more voluntarily. Like that. And using that to review. Using those other corrections to review to make sure you're doing those things correctly. So that's one of the aspects that the best kids do. And I'll exp in another episode I can explore that concept in a greater amount. But what I'd like to really spend our time on today is what the the second part of what I spoke about the class was, the part that was inspired by watching Kai 
and his lack of enthusiasm in stretching. And it brought me back to a Mike Tyson quote. And it was Mike Tyson talking about self-discipline. And he goes, people think discipline is this and people think discipline is that. But discipline is doing what you hate like you love it. Doing what you hate like you love it. So I was illustrating that point to the kids. And I, I used some examples of kids around the school, kids who weren't in the class and how good they are. And you know, I, I talked about Lily, who's been a podcast guest before. And I, because I, I know Kai is friendly with her and he looks up to her and stuff like that. And I was like, how do her push-ups look, Kai? He's like, really good. I'm like, yeah, I've seen Lily do 41 arm push-ups. Like, it's no big deal to her. How do her stretches look? Perfect. Right? And, and I talked about all the things that she does so well. And I was like, well, why? Why does she do them so well? The reason she does them so well is not because she walked in the door and she was so strong and she was so flexible. No. She saw how other kids were strong and other kids were flexible, and she was not going to let them be better than her at it. She, even whether she liked them or not was irrelevant. She did them with the enthusiasm like they were the favorite thing that she's ever done in her entire life. Because when you do the things that you hate, like you love them, you're going to become better at them. And it's a very nice and kind and powerful moment as Kai reiterated and said that for me before I could even finish the thought. Before I could even finish the thought, he spattered it out for me, which is beautiful. It means he kind of got what I was talking about. And then I illustrated out some habits that kids have and how if you just use them, if you approach the opposite of that, like you love it, in no time at all, those weaknesses will become strengths. And I believe as adults, this is something that we need to be reminded of. I feel like this is a popular sentiment. I feel like I may have even spoken about it before on an episode, but it doesn't change how powerful that message is or how important it is for us to, for us to hear it, right? Think If we think about it and we think about the parts of our days that are struggle, that are difficult, those are the parts of our days with the greatest benefit to us, right? Think about it. For example, one of the first, think about the first difficult thing you do on the day get up early in the morning. If you get up early in the morning, it's not fun. It's not easy. It's not something that's going to get that uh, you're going to be so super enthusiastic about, especially if you had a full day the day before or whatever. It's not going to be an easy thing for you to get up and get moving that first thing in the morning. But there are so many benefits to getting up early in the morning. So much more day ahead of you. Get all the stuff you need to do well in advance. Get places that you have to go on time. There's so many benefits that we can lay out about why it's a good thing to be up early, even though it's miserable, even though you might have to convince yourself to do it like you love it. If you do it, the benefits will be solid. And the same holds true for every part of life. Right? If you approach every part of what, we, of what you do in life <clears throat> with the same enthusiasm that you approach everything else that you do, there's very little way that those things can't be done at a similar level to the other things that you do in life. Right? And again, this can be done with even eating with proper nutrition. Right? Some people call it dieting. I don't look at it. I don't look at eating properly as dieting. I look at dieting as like crash unsustainable stuff. But I digress. If you approach eating in a healthy way, eating in ways that fuel your body properly, if you approach that with the same enthusiasm that you are currently uh, uh, attack junk food with, what's going to happen? 
you're going to be just as excited about it and you'll see very, very quick results because it will be the type of thing that your enthusiasm carries over into, right? Like I remember one of the times that I fought years ago and I was uh, gearing up to, to kind of start fight camp, so to speak. And I forget, I, I don't remember what it was that I had. But I remember it, whatever meal it was, it was like, it was like a fight camp meal. Like, okay, we're in fight camp. We're not eating, you know, kind of whatever we want anymore. Or like, you know, we're not, we're not being lackadaisical in any way, shape, or form. We're going after this. And uh, I remember whatever it was, was not an exotic meal. It wasn't like the super over the top meal. It was like chicken, vegetables, and rice. It was like something very, very plain. And I remember like eating that meal and like paying attention. Oh man. This vegetable, whatever vegetable, it tastes so good. This rice is so good. This chicken is so good. And now, was it better chicken or rice or vegetables than I'd be myself before? No. But I was just focused on it, and I approached it with the same enthusiasm that, you know, on a special occasion, I would appreciate a wonderful meal out or whatever. Why? Because I wanted to get myself in the headspace that eating this way was going to make me better. And it did, obviously. Not, not only did it help me make the weight for that fight and perform well, but... Uh, obviously my physique and my health changed as well. If we take this mindset and we apply it to all the different areas of our life, the areas that are going to get improved the fastest are not the parts where we're already strong. See, the human being doesn't really need to worry about their strengths. And I, I mean that in a more general sense. In other words, if you're a person who's very diligent about being on time, then you don't really need to put a huge focus into being on time because it's just part of what you do already. It's just who you are. You just do it, right? It's just how you approach these things as a person. It's almost instinctive. But on the other hand, if you're that person who is late all the time, then being on time has to be a learned skill for you. And you have to approach it with the same enthusiasm that you normally approach the things that you are best at. Because obviously being on time is not one of them. Right? You have to, again, let's say you're very poor at being on time, but you're very good at being organized and you take pride in your organization and, and so on and so forth. And when you take that enthusiasm there and you match it and you, you take what you have for your organization, that enthusiasm, and you put it instead in now to being on time, you're going to kind of play a little psychological trick on yourself. You're going to fool yourself, maybe, but train yourself, more importantly, into loving being on time. And we can use that mindset for literally every character weakness that we have, for every skill weakness that we have. Right? It's funny, I, there's a, a running joke in my school when um, I'm teaching someone who's new to use their opposite or their offhander leg, so if they're a righty, their left-hander leg. Uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so good with my left if they're a righty. I'm not so good with my left. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a technical term for people like you. And they're like, oh, yeah, what? I'm like, a righty. Well, of course, you're a righty. You tended, I was having this conversation with, uh, with Sensei Stein just the other day. And it, it, we were joking about how is it possible that, you know, this hand is so smart and this hand can write and this hand can brush your teeth and this hand can grab anything or whatever. And this hand has no idea what's going on. <laughs> like It's completely, what is this thing, right? Prove this to yourself. Try to brush your teeth with your left hand. That's one of the more easy tests, but try to write with that offhand. Watch how different it is. And 
this is true. We, we know this, this is true with our body. But there's, as human beings, there's always those peaks and valleys. There's always the things that we're good at, and there's always the things that we're not. And to approach life as the, with the, I'm just going to be, I'm just bad at that, is a terrible mindset, right? Have you ever worked with somebody who it, they, they embrace their character weakness or they embrace their skill set, uh, their, their shortcomings and their skills, and they lean into it? Like, I'll never forget, I had a father in my school and his son had ADHD and the father also has ADHD. And the father and I had a disagreement one time about how I reprimanded the, the boy for something he did in class. And the father and I spoke on the phone afterwards and he, he kept going back to the idea that, but he's this, he's this many years old and he has ADHD. He's this many years old and he has ADHD. And I was like, I don't, I don't have a chart. I don't have a chart that says like, okay, kids, this age, this diagnosis, I don't have a chart on how to treat them. I look at the child, I train the child for a while, and I learn what they're capable of. And your son, X amount of months ago, back at this point, earlier in training, was not capable of the standard that I gave him yesterday. But your son, right now, is 100% capable of the standard that I gave him right now. That's why I didn't give him that standard six months ago, but now I gave it to him. because. I know what that child is capable of, and I don't want him to use his diagnoses as a crutch, for lack of a better word. I don't want him to embrace that skill set or that, that, that um, hole in his skill set. I instead want him to approach that hole in his skill set as the fastest thing he can get better at. Right? If you're in school, this is probably the easiest way to wrap our head around it. And you're looking at your report card and you see English is at a certain level and social studies is at a certain level and science is at a certain level, but math is at a level way lower. Well, where are you going to put your effort? You're going to put that extra effort in that math because that has the most rapid opportunity for growth, right? If you got a 95 in science, you got five points to grow. That's it. But if you got a 65 in math, you got a lot of points to grow very quickly. You can grow very fast. And we want to take advantage of that. It's a very important thing. That's where, as human beings, the fastest opportunity for growth lies. In the things that we are not yet good at. The way we have to approach them, however, is the same enthusiasm with which we approach the things that we are already good at. If we do that, if we constantly keep that mindset of the highest level enthusiasm, even for the things, especially for the things that we love the least, what will happen? Those weaknesses will become strengths. And those strengths, we have learned the model to master anything. Because when you see the way broad, when you know the way broadly, you see it in all things. When you understand how to conquer any weakness, one weakness, you can conquer any weakness, right? You find me someone who was able to successfully quit smoking on their own. There's someone who's strong enough to mentally break any bad habit. Why? Because they did it on one of the hardest habits and now they can do it on anything. You find me someone who was that late person and became the on-time person, there it is. Again, that person can conquer anything because the hardest demon to fight, the hardest monsters you will fight in this life, they do not, you're, you're, the hardest opponents are not the ones in front of you. They're not the ones that are going to put their hands up in front of you. Those hardest opponents live in between your own ears. And if you can master yourself 
in such a way, if you can approach those skill weaknesses and you can approach them with the enthusiasm that you approach the things that you love, in no time at all, those weaknesses will become the things you are most proud of. So that is all I have for you guys today. Make sure that you guys, as always, you guys know I love to hear from you. Right? As always, you can find me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my link tree at linktr.ee slash Sensei Leonelli, which is S E, <clears throat> excuse me, S E N S E I L E O N E L L I. Once again, S E N S E I L E O N E L L I. So again, from there, you can find all my social media, you can find my school online, everything to do with Flex Fights, and more, all of our sponsors and so forth. Speaking of sponsors, sponsorship opportunities still available, so please make sure that you guys reach out. I'd love to work with you. Again, any of the ways that I described. Other than that, you can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash TigerShulmanSmithtown. On Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore Smithtown. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Like I said, my link tree is where you can find everywhere on the internet. Make sure that you guys subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday. Leave a rate and review. It just helps. But like I tell you guys all the time, the single greatest compliment you can give me and the messages that I give you is when you share the podcast. The more often that you guys share the link or whatever or put it up in your social media, I love seeing it, by the way. Thank you. But it's the only form of advertising I have. It's the greatest compliment you can give me, and I very much appreciate it when I see it. So until next time, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.